This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. This episode of Talk About Gay Sex is sponsored by Pure for Men. Bottom with confidence. For a limited time, go to pureformen.com and use the code TAGS20, that's T-A-G-S-20, and get 20% off all of their items. It's pureformen.com. You're listening to Talk About Gay Sex Podcast, the weekly podcast that dissects all topics relating to gay sexuality with host Steve Rodriguez and his co-hosts Jeremy Ross Lopez and Steve Carpenter. Be sure and visit us at tagspodcast.com. That's T-A-G-S podcast.com, where you can check out our blog, contact us, and subscribe to get updates and more. Now let's get into some gay talk with host Steve Rodriguez. Well, Steve, I'm really excited today because we have somebody that we see all the time out and about. He's cutie patootie. Um, Who would that be? His name is Grant <laughs> Roth. How are you, Grant? Oh, her. Oh, yes. How are you? Good, good. Grant is an HIV prevention specialist at Mount Sinai Institute for Advanced Medicine here in New York City. Is it in New York City? It is. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do there at Mount Sinai? Yeah, so um, I help run some of their HIV prevention programs. I do testing in the clinic and also handle a lot of referrals for PrEP and PEP that come from different uh, community-based organizations and also just from people on the field, friends, um, people who just like want to get more information. So we kind of act as a resource for that as well as um, for testing uh, for both HIV and STIs. So is your job to the outreach end of it or really to kind of facilitate all those things that you mentioned, kind of, you know, you're one more person that helps facilitate all those? Kind of both, actually. Okay. Um, right now there's a big push, as there has been for quite some time now, for um, more digital outreach. So that could be advertising on what we call traditional social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on Grindr, Scruff, Manhunt, if anyone uses that anymore. Like, right. Just a lot of the places where you will find the people who could benefit most from our services, mm-hmm. but um, it's more of us going to them rather than them coming to us. Well, it. it's, it's you letting them know that you're there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we'll also advertise, and I help with this advertising our services on those sites. Mm-hmm. But then I also, within the clinic, um, I'll do HIV testing there. Um, mm-hmm. I also help run a program that we have for STI testing, treatment, uh, PEP if needed, and of course HIV testing for people who are un- or underinsured, uh, regardless of documentation. I was just going to ask, are you government funded? And is that um, when people coming to you, they obviously can have insurance, I'm sure. Do you take insurances? Or is it really for kind of, you know, those that maybe are underprivileged or don't have those Yes, amenities. so the clinic itself, so there's the clinic and then in a smaller portion of it, the program that I help run. So the clinic itself is takes all forms of insurance, um, public, private, whatever it may be. Um, my program specifically is for people who don't have insurance or may have a high deductible or high copay or something like that. Um, but, you know, we see everyone or we try to see everyone regardless of what they're um, insurance statuses and see if we could kind of fit them in somewhere, fit them into one of our programs that may work. Mm-hmm. 
Cool, cool. And one of the reasons, now that we got that out of the way, um, one of the reasons I really wanted you on the show is because uh, not only do you work at Mount Sinai, um, you are out and about, we see you, and you're living it, and... I'm just curious, um, what's the reception for the programs that you offer at Mount Sinai? Are the gays, um, or do they come to the facility openly? Are, Are we seeking our health, you know, grabbing it the way we should be? I'm just curious to know. With the response. Yeah, so um, we actually get a lot of referrals from different community-based organizations. So it's people going to them, and then because they may not have, let's say, the clinical resources, they'll then refer them over to us with a warm handoff. So no one's lost a drop-off or um, when going from one place to another. Um, other times we have people you know, walking in off the street or people who know that I work in the field, so they'll come to me asking for help. Um, but what's really great about the programs is that um, I think we may see a majority of gay gay men or men who have sex with men, but it's really for anyone who wants services. We're not just a gay um, or an LGBTQ clinic. We serve population. We serve any population. Um, but it's great that you do offer that to gay men in, in the community as well, because we had a. This, awesome episode 48 dr goldstein and one of his big messaging points was that the doctor patient relations amongst gay men isn't always what we think in other words you know so many of us gay men um aren't comfortable Mm -hmm. talking about you know sex and the gay sex that we have and the specific issues that gay men face and that can be a problem because then there's certain things that it's a huge your doctor a huge may or may not test for. And, right. you know, oftentimes, even if you do have a doctor, you might also want to go to someone like you guys yeah. to get some of those more. I'm, I'm assuming you have counselors and people that are a lot more nurturing than yeah. your, your well, general you're one of the counselors too, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if like it's counselors is the right word, but I do do the HIV, at least the HIV test. That, that's right. what I'm trained to do. But um, as we all know, that's a huge thing. I mean, you don't just go and, you know, I don't know what, how you administer the test, but there's a whole dialogue that happens, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, what you're saying about the kind of affirming healthcare is super important. It's something that we really um, we really take pride in that we offer. And I just know from personal experience what it's like to have a provider or providers that aren't necessarily asking the right questions mm-hmm. or don't necessarily even I don't want to say like don't know what they're doing, but could have done better. Right. Like fear based sometimes. Some don't even know like best practices. You know, I once had a provider who himself, I believe, was a gay man and wasn't testing for STIs correctly or fully, and I had to ask him to do it. And as a provider, you never want to And you happen to know a lot more than the rest of us do, so... Yeah, so, I mean, I got lucky. I got lucky in knowing that I know what to test for, but not everyone is me. Right. So so it's really important to get that kind of... the kind of healthcare where the doctors know what to test for or where to test on your body mm-hmm. um, based on the type of sex you're having. Um, you know, if you're having anal sex and you are the receptive partner, you should be getting your butt swabbed, you know? Mm-hmm. And not every doctor... Butt swabbed for... For chlamydia and gonorrhea. 
Okay. And um, not every provider knows to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also super important, not just about sexual practices, but to be open with your providers about drug use as well. Um, right. That could also inform how they care for you, maybe how often they'll have your follow-up appointments, or um, it just helps the doctors and all providers to get a much better picture of who you are as a person and, and the your type overall of, lifestyle. Yeah, and yeah. the potential. And that's risk challenging that sometimes too. If, if you just go to a regular, you know, general practitioner, and you know, you don't want to say, well, "Oh I'm, yeah." yeah. I mean, I you know, inevitably they ask, you know, do you drink? Yes. How many drinks would you say? On average, for, I'm like, oh God, like, yeah. you know, I mean, so of yeah. course I fib. One to on, two a week. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, no. I mean, they need to change those in and well, and, a little and bit. What we had talked about a little bit in, in, in that other podcast is how you ask the question. Mm-hmm. You know, you say, are you using condoms? People are more likely to say yes. Right. You know, if you say, are you having, you know, are you having, are you barebacking? That's that a totally leaves, different question. It's a completely yeah. different question, but it leaves it open for that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to say no and then explain. You or know, are you using condoms as if, are you using condoms? Yes, I am. You know, that's kind of what it comes it's across. It's that sort of finger that, waving kind of already it comes, instilled it, it in the question. It can't come across that way. That's not what they're trying to do, but that's how people will interpret it. But if you come, it's, I had a discussion with a good friend of mine who's a doctor and, and she was asking me, What's the best way to talk to gay men? You know, and we had a whole discussion on things like that, and uh, that was hey, one girl. Of them. You, know? <laughs> you can start with that, but yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, like instead of asking the patients that I test, you know, do you use condoms? I like to ask, "What's your condom use like?" It's much more open. It's not a exactly. Yes, it's not a yes or no question. It allows room for them to elaborate or to give as much or as little information as they want. And well, oftentimes, that's the case. You yeah. know, I would argue yeah. for myself. You know. I do use, I'm not on prep. I, in general, use condoms. There have been times when I've slipped up and I, yeah. you know, whatever, I beat You're myself human. up. You're beat yourself up yeah, too exactly. bad. You know, and did the proper testing and all. But yeah. in general, I use condoms. But have I slipped up? Yes. So could I say 100% I use condoms? You know what I mean? Yeah. I try to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think your questioning is allows for right. it's a little layered and and then you can and you're also showing that you know you are aware that you're probably going to get people be a little more open with you yeah. i would imagine yes yeah that and also you know matching the type of language they use you know right so i'm like are you engaging in receptive receptive anal intercourse that's you're much like, what? More, like what or like, huh? are you bothering? i'm having sex like, that's it's a lot different than are you bottoming, yeah. which most gay men will know what that is and mm-hmm. not have to ask you for clarification. I think once it gets into clarification, needing clarification of what the provider or the doctor is asking you, exactly. you kind of lose them a bit. Yeah, exactly. And not only do you lose them, but you, you kind of lose their, you know, they feel like they're not giving right answers. Yeah. You know, so they're likely to try to change things. And say the right thing. And let's be honest. I mean, as gay men, and we're in for this context. We're speaking of gay men. um, We many of us are sexually active, and it's Mm -hmm. it's fine. It's good, but we might have we have a different lifestyle. That's why it's called a lifestyle, and we have Mm -hmm. different needs and concerns that you know are within our community and you want somebody that's open and is not going to give you that frown or that judgment look or glossing over it you want somebody like yourself that you know potentially is also in the community alongside with you dealing with their own sexuality and is not judging you right and i mean it's 
like you say, it's a lifestyle. So good providers for at least the gay community, if we're talking about specifically, should be very knowledgeable about um, what could be different. Let's say we're talking about a straight doctor, right? Like mm-hmm. they should be knowledgeable if they have gay patients about what a gay lifestyle might be. So take, for example, open relationships or open marriages or something like that. I think anecdotally pretty common in the gay community. Yes, right. And I think, um, I remember a friend of mine telling me that uh, he's either married or has like a serious life partner, whatever you want to call it. And he went to the doctor. The doctor asked, are you married? He's like, yes, okay, so we don't need to test for anything. And you, wait, what? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, just because you're married or have a partner doesn't mean that you're not open. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, that's something with my patients, if they say they're married or, you know, they have a relationship, I still ask them, okay, so are you having sex with other people, with other people, rather than just assuming that they're in a monogamous relationship? Well, and we had this um, doctor, Dr. Jessica Justman, that she said, in general, you know, when when you would do say barebacking is when you would really and be on prep is when you'd be in a relationship with somebody that you really trust is also being monogamous with you then she felt like yeah you know you can bareback all you want but there's that she mentioned that caveat that you also internally trust that is also you know not running astray because right. i have another couple friend of mine um they've been together forever and one of them you know sort of strayed got hiv positive mm. ended up having sex with his partner infected his partner i've heard the story before and yeah. then had to tell his partner and fortunately they're still together and you know they got over the the trauma yeah. and the drama mm-hmm. i would say wow. and they are still when they're <laughs> together but I'm not sure that I could be, you know, so forgiving. Well, I mean, everyone's going to handle it differently, but... No, but I mean, major kudos to them for <laughs> yeah. handling it. And, yeah, right. you know, they're doing great, but... I mean, everyone's human. Everyone makes, Absolutely. Mis- makes mistakes. So, I mean, right. if you're... I mean, not that I condone, you know, going outside of the parameters of relationship, but, you know, if you are, then be that's, responsible with that, it. And be exactly. honest. That's, every, that's yes. everybody's prerogative what they're going to do. Right, you know, and if you're going to do it, just be honest about what you're doing and and how you're doing it. Exactly, and then so. also um, one of the things I remember even learning from my high school health class is that you are only responsible for yourself and your own health. Yes. So, you know, even if you think your partner might be straying or something like that, you know, you can't control what they're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. You can only control what you're doing to protect yourself. Exactly, right? and which is why I think being on PrEP or conversely, you know, taking your HIV medication daily, uh, it's super, well, uh, maybe powerful because it, it gives you the opportunity to take control of your health and make sure that no matter what anyone else is doing, you're staying the healthiest that you can be. Right. And protecting others that you come in contact with exactly. sexually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is another huge component. And also being responsible for your health that if you do, you know, get infected with whatever, mm-hmm. then it's, you need to, you know, talk to people that you've had sex with. Yeah. Well, yeah, even, you know, extrapolating beyond HIV with right. just STIs in general, it's super, general, yeah. it's super important. You know, the, the text message, like, hey, you might want to get checked, that doesn't have to be super traumatizing. It could be something but, super casual. No, it doesn't, but, you know, it, but it should be done. Right. It should be done. Yes. Say, hey, by the way, you know, my test came back with this, and, you know. 
which I don't think is that ha- a text message? <laughs> well, Although I sometimes that's what I we have. I wouldn't do it in a text message personally, but you know. So, well, I also think a post-it note. <laughs> <laughs> post-it Sex note. in the city. Yeah. No, that's how you break up with people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Burger. <laughs> well, I mean, I also think it's because you know HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are all sexually transmitted, and we kind of have the stigma around sex as a whole, or being promiscuous or whatever. So. You know, you catch an STI, that means you're promiscuous or something like that. Right. Um, but if, you, you know, someone caught strep throat, you know, you're not going to judge them because they have strep throat. You of course like, not. Okay, here's your z pack. Like, let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. We're much more open and forgiving and, oh, sorry, you have Plus that. back into slut shaming. Yeah. So. Exactly. On another show, we were talking about slut shaming right. and that definitely can occur. Right. And... Unfortunately, I think for a lot of us, pushes us further back into the box where we then don't get, you know, you know, see our doctors as much yeah, as we exactly. should, tested as much as we should. And that just, you know, it doesn't do us any favors when we slut shame and we do those things. So no. the more open dialogue. Well, it, it depends too on how you take that. If you, if, you know, if people are slut shaming you, are you taking it personally or are you just saying fuck off? You know, right, but it's not always as easy. It's not always as easy, but you know. I'm just curious: is Mount Sinai right now? Are there any concerns within our gay community that you're seeing outbreaks or, um, you know, higher surges of a certain STD that you've noticed that we should, you might want to share? Right. I mean, I so I can again only kind of speak anecdotally. I can't really speak for you know the doctors in Mount Sinai or anything Absolutely. like that. Um, but I do think that just across the board, maybe we're seeing more STIs, um, syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, especially, um, STIs. Yes. So sexually transmitted infections, infections. infections yeah. It changed a little while ago from uh, like from clin- STD. Yeah. Clinically, but like people, oh, is that what we should be calling it now? I mean, technically, um, I, if someone says STI, will they know what I'm talking about? Sometimes, maybe, sometimes, maybe not. So, so is the idea that it's, it's not a disease yet. It's an infection. Yeah, it's an infection. Call it's it what it disease. is. Yeah. It's a yeah, natural exactly. infection. And it's what you then do with the infection, obviously yeah. versus disease is so, you know, end of story. Kinda. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that yeah. better. It's, no, I do it's too, a better clinical term for it. Yeah, it is. So, um, yeah, so I, I think across the board we're seeing some, we're seeing more STIs. Um, yeah, stuff like gonorrhea and chlamydia especially. Um, but it's kind of hard to attribute it to, is it more, you know, bareback sex or are we getting tested more frequently and catching things that we weren't catching before? I personally think it's a combination of both, maybe. Probably. Hard to hard to tell. It's hard to tell um, because there is more outreach out there, and there's more. Yeah, um, we're hearing more, which is great. Um, we had somebody else on the show, Joe Wendy's um, from the Bronx mm-hmm. um, Prevention Center, and you know they're doing their part. There's so many much more. Op- you know, yeah. So right. there's that, and then also you know people who aren't prep should be going to their doctor every three months. So mm-hmm. every three months you're getting tested for an STI, whereas people... Well, I think anybody who's sexually active should be going every oh, three yeah. months. Oh, yeah. Whether depending they're on, on prep how, or not. You depending know. on how sexually active you are, you might want to go even more frequently. Exactly. Um, I'm, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, so you know, people are getting tested more frequently than they were in the past, meaning if they do catch something, we're catching it earlier and right. you know, treating earlier, which mm-hmm. is super important, but also you know, that might be a case that we would not have seen for a year. 
You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just curious when somebody comes to Mount Sinai and gets on prep. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you don't necessarily need to speak yeah. for all of it. But in general, what would you say the the recommendation would be is when they administer prep, um, what's their recommendation on how they go forth with, with sex? Is it continue using condoms? Is it is there... You know, or is it just administer it? I'm just curious. Yeah, so, um, I mean, technically, you you should be using PrEP and condoms just because PrEP only protects against HIV. It doesn't protect against other STIs, STDs, whatever you want to call it. And there's been a recent, Mm -hmm. you know, case in Washington about somebody who did become uh, infected with HIV yeah. that was on taking PrEP regularly. Yeah, so we say that PrEP is 99% effective. No 90, one's ever, 99. Okay. 99% effective. No one's ever saying it's 100% effective. Well, I heard 90 before. Is that gone? So it, it depends on who and where you're asking, I think, because okay. these numbers are coming from the studies, right? Right. Um, and in studies, people seroconverted. So, uh, for people who don't know, seroconversion is becoming HIV positive. That's okay. the clinical term for Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. So in the studies, people started converted while on PrEP. They were technically on PrEP, but some of them weren't taking it as prescribed. So it's one pill, once a day, every day. Are people adhering to that? No. I mean... Because you're not with them. Yeah. And, and this is just talking in terms of why we have differing numbers of the... Oh, I see. Okay. PrEP. Got it. Yeah. 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 So... Um, if you take it every day, once a day... Then it's up to ninety nine percent effective. But once, so like, let's say you miss a dose, that goes down to ninety six. Okay. So it's so then you you know take a little while to build back up to ninety nine percent, but it's never one hundred percent effective. And there are Truvada. Truvada is the only FDA approved pill for prep. There are Truvada resistant strains of HIV out there. They're incredibly rare. Incredibly, right. incredibly rare. You just don't want to be that one rare yeah, case, yeah. Like, like that person it's, it's just, in Washington. It's kind of unlucky. Yeah. It's, that just, I mean, but God. someone's going to be unlucky, and you know. But yeah, no, I get it. Well, um, but that's also the nature of the virus. It, it does, you know, it does mutate. Yeah, exactly. You know, it does mutate. And part of my concern with with prep was that it was going to mutate faster, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, against uh, um, Truvada than it than. You know, it would normally, but... Right, and I mean, that's also why... Well, I think that and a few other reasons are why there are so many different future alternatives to Truvada as PrEP. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Discovy, which is a different f- pill that's coming out hopefully soon. To, uh, it's in clinical trials right now. There are the injectable trials, the right. vaccines. All we the, talked the, about that on another show. Yeah, yep. so there are all these different avenues that are hopefully coming out soon for maybe people who aren't equipped to take a pill every day right. or for people who Truvada might be too harsh on some of their oh, organs. Sure. Um, like Discovy, which is a form of Truvada, has the same drugs in Truvada except a different form of one of them that's a little easier on your kidneys. Okay. So let's say Truvada people, can be very hard on the kidneys sometimes. Yeah, so like let's say so. someone has only one kidney, Truvada probably is not the best for them. Right. Discovy might be a good alternative. Yeah. But it's not FDA approved yet. Right. And Um, that's always been my concern too, is like anytime you have to take medication and obviously people do, it's that, you know, layering in more different types of medication are, you know, you have to process it and can be hard on your organs. So. Well, one of the reasons why Truvada was approved by the FDA is because it 
um, A, has very few drug interactions in general, and B, it's generally easy on you. You know, only... Um, I, th- I think I think the number. Don't quote me on this, but the, I think the number is like two to five percent of people have, have side is- effects, have issues like kidney side effects, right? Yeah, um, detrimental. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like people might experience like nausea, fatigue early on, like very early on as they are those, starting the medicine. Right, but that but goes go away. away. Right, that goes away. Those go away. Um, but two to five percent people might experience some issues with their kidneys. In which point, Truvada is not for them. Right, and because Truvada is the only FDA approved form of prep out there it's kind of like okay well let's hope you wrap it up right yes um, so hopefully hopefully very soon now the pipeline there will be other other methods of prep but things have progressed a lot mm-hmm. a lot especially in the last 10 years or 15 years whatever mm-hmm. just in in the kinds of medications that are available for hiv and a lot of these medications i think will you know have that ability to cross over and be you know a prep medication oh, so yeah so also, um, what, you does Mount Sinai take people that are HIV positive and and work with you know positive people? Like, let's just say you came in and got tested, somebody was positive. Do you then say you might you enter one of our programs that you know at, that help deal with that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean. What normally happens if someone... So, I mean, it's different if they are, like, a known positive rather than I test them and they come out positive and this is the first time they're ever testing positive. Different things, but in general, yes, we see HIV negative, we see HIV positive. Um, so if someone, let's say in the clinic, tests HIV positive, I've had this happen where I've had to give a positive result. The next, right. thing, the next thing you do after, you know, making sure that they're okay sure. in a good emotional state or as good as they can be, is to assess them for insurance, have them meet with the social worker, and just establish care as quickly mm-hmm. as you can, but also as quickly as they are ready to. Sure. Um, at which point, you know, you want to get them on medication. You want to get them virally suppressed into undetectable mm-hmm. um, as quickly as possible. Um, so luckily in Mount Sinai, we have the resources to do that. I don't know if other clinics or other community-based organizations do, but we certainly have the staff to do that. And what's the one thing, because we don't often talk about it enough, is when some, what do HIV positives, and again, I know you're not a doctor, <laughs> but what do, in your opinion, do HIV positive men, um, speaking just of men right now, or trans uh, women, need to look out for in this sort of prep era phase when a lot of people are, you know, barebacking and what what should or some of the things in your opinion um, should we, they be concerned looking out for? I don't know if I quite. Get the question. I'm just. I guess I'm. I guess I'm asking. Is you know we often focus on the preventative, yeah. get on prep. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone is positive. Mm-hmm. In this current era where so many men are barebacking and, and on prep, are there certain concerns that HIV positive men need to look out for that they might compromise their, you know, their immunity? Um, I mean, I would say the biggest thing is to make sure that you're taking your medicine as prescribed. If you're not taking as prescribed, then you risk you run the risk of mutations or something like that. Right. Um, if you're not taking, like, you know, a proper regimen or something like that. But uh, let's just say, like, with... And make sure that you're undetectable. Yeah. So if that's you are undetectable, though, and, and you have sex with somebody bareback that says they're on PrEP, and they have, like, an STI, can that often, even though someone's undetectable, compromise or 
or flare up their undetectable status that you know of? I think it would um, depend a lot on what your T cell count is. Okay. Yeah, and then also individual to individual as well. It could Got differ. It. Um, I, I want to say maybe. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know that's only know, I, I focus so much on the preventative side. I, right. do, my, I do my best yeah. to learn about the about care for HIV positive individuals, um, right. but my day to day is much more heavily focused on, on the preventative. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. And we'll look more into that. Well, I also wanted you here too because I know you're very. Um, you have a lot of viewpoints, and you're you're not shy about sharing them on social <laughs> He's media. He's got a lot of opinions. Trust me. He's got a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the first times I noticed it was on. Um, I was on your Facebook page or something, mm-hmm. and. Um, Unfortunately, there was a story that came out mm-hmm. of a gay cruise. I think it was the Atlantis gay yeah, cruise. back in January. Back in January of this year, somebody um, who I think was a reality star. He hosted some show, I want to say on Discovery. On Discovery, I think you're right. And um, had and passed away, died yeah. on the cruise because mm-hmm. I, I think drug-related. Something drug-related, although I don't think... W- we, the general public, we know exactly what the circumstances were. But what we do know and what I know is that I've been on Atlantis cruises before and I certainly know um, that every night is, I mean, I, I joke because I took my mom on a cruise last year on a, just oh, a regular cruise. <laughs> well, not an Atlantis cruise, a regular <laughs> just cruise. And I couldn't help laughing because every time I, you know, anyone that's been on one of these cruises, yeah. they transform the deck, the pool deck, at night and they bring in speakers like you're at the Palladium circa 1990 or whatever. The one? And no, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Excuse me, I have to slap him. Exactly. <laughs> For what, those of what, you who what's know. The, what's the Palladium? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they transform and every single night's a theme party. Yeah. Glitters all over the place and it's club, club, club. And with club and gay men, oftentimes there's party favors and drugs and and so forth. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes there's medic clinics and a lot of these types mm-hmm. of, not just in the Atlantis cruises, right. in many circuit party events. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of part of a portion of our community. Yeah. And... So the discussion happened on the Facebook where people were like, oh, yeah, see, once again, you know, another death and when are gays going to learn? And the discussion was kind of going back and forth. You chimed in and were reading people that they were being until you know all the facts kind of do you, I don't know if yeah. you remember back in January what you what your viewpoint was. But what were you trying to say? Yeah. Um, so I, I think what I well. Everything that I said, said stemmed from this one tweet that I saw. There was like something akin to like, oh, surprise, you know, another guy died on a Lance cruise, like Miranda Priestly groundbreaking sort of <laughs> right. sort of deal. Right. And I was like, oh, come on, like and bi- embittered. Not, not, even dead, not even dead twenty four hours and you're already making like a groundbreaking joke. Like, right. Not what should be happening here. It's that's right. someone's friend, someone's son. Like Yeah. It's yeah, right. It's wrong. Um, and then other people were kind of just speculating about what was happening and were judging others for having used drugs or, or saying like, oh, you know, he was using drugs. Like, what, what did you expect to happen? Right. Um, and As if that justifies everything. Oh, well, he was using drugs, so. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's like, 
And ha- half the people judging people for using drugs still get blackout drunk. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it just because one's legal and one's not doesn't make one better. Exactly. And so I think one of the things you said also was, you know, we all know that many of us are going to use drugs. It's it's if you use maybe focus more on use drugs responsibly. Yeah. If, Harm reduction one one. Yeah, and know that we're you know people are partaking yeah so yeah it's you know if you and this is what you know i say to my patients as well you know if you are going to do xyz make sure you do xyz responsibly so if you're you know going to take drugs you know make sure you know which ones interact with with which know what the deadly combinations are like don't ever mix gene alcohol and hopefully you know it's not like I won't say like go out and use drugs, but if you are, you no, can do but it the you're, you can. you're being honest with people because you know people are going to do that. Exactly, they are going to do that. So you're telling them to be responsible and you know look things up. And the you know, same thing with sex, be responsible. Exactly, yeah. You know? And so, and the more you can talk with your friends and a lot of different friends and get right. different perspectives, and your medical, being and your med- shamed or and your medical shamed. providers, and your and medical, medical provider. Um, I'm not sure you're going to ask your medical provider about like G and I mean I, I mean you know, I don't know if people would the, be like hey like what should I be doing but a good medical provider would know you would know, probably say don't do it and well, yes but and also sometimes, wouldn't judge you if you are forthcoming about your drug use uh-huh. they wouldn't be judgy about it right, right right but then there's also people that do partake in some of those and again I'm not saying either you know it is what it is and. But you can get more perspectives from different people and learn the things like don't mix this with that. You know, maybe try, you know, if you are going to try some of that, don't do the full amount. Yeah. Like, see how your body responds. Exactly, yeah. Um, also, you know, if you have conditions, you know, right. mm-hmm. factor that into the mix because they're just simply telling you how it works for them. Yeah. Right. But yeah. they don't know what your, no. you know, medical issues are. Or And, and keep in mind, we're not... Condoning, we are not. Usage. No, but we're you know we're just we saying not condoning. that you know if this is something you're doing, just be smart about it. Yeah, right. You and know? I think well, a lot of your point was is unfortunately as gay men, sometimes we you know we judge and we are quick to critique mm-hmm. and and that doesn't really do us a whole lot of good, right? No, it doesn't do anyone good. It um, you know for people who let's say are in recovery. You know, just judging them for being in recovery or having used drugs in the past does no one know any benefit, no. right? And might even deter someone from seeking the help they need even further. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really about just like I, like we were talking about earlier about about sex. You know, meeting them where they are, making sure that if they're doing something, they're doing it responsibly, right? And not, not turning a blind eye to it, don't not pretending that it doesn't happen. Creating more of an open dialogue right. and conversation, and again with the slut shaming. In this yeah, instance, yeah. it's like you know, not pushing people back into a closet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Making it more. There's too, yeah, there's too many closets in this. You know, there's too many closets to come out of. Right, right, you know? right. And don't push yourself back in. And I think one of the you know things that kind of sucks about everything whether it's like sex like gay sex specifically drugs whatever is that there's no formal place to go for that sort of education it's all word of mouth and all passed down and that's what this show is about exactly yeah this show is about helping educate people that way yeah and you know you learn safe I guess drug use or um, even learn about prep or being undetectable for the first time from members of your own community and not necessarily from Mm -hmm. a health teacher or something like that which I think is 
A, kind of special, but B, also, I wish the knowledge was more widespread. And then on that note, exactly. like like you said, um, I loved how you said, and also check in with your, um, you know, practitioner as well. I'm curious to know what you, Grant, think about, you know, things like people being on prep and wearing t-shirts to say prep horror or sort of that taking it to the next level of, um, I don't, I don't know if over glorification of a medication that now it's this sort of new era and we're going to like flaunt it. How do you feel about those things? I mean, I don't really care. Like, like, what, but, I, like I don't but as somebody that works kind of and prevention and knowing that, you know, PrEP well, is meant to be also used with safer sex practices. Right. Well, I think, I, well, the whole Truvada horror thing, which is, I think, what you might be referring to. Sure. Um, that's kind of just a, you know, reclamation of the slut shaming, you know, not letting someone slut mm-hmm. shame you for being on Truvada. Right. Okay. Know, because so, it's, I think, especially when it was first introduced, but still today, it was like, oh, you're on Truvada, oh, you're a slut. Right, which is not you're extremely promiscuous, and yeah, actually, Jeremy, our other uh, co-host, told a a friend of his um, that he early on that Mm -hmm. he was getting on, and he's like, "Oh, why? You know, are you really that slutty that you have to get on that? You're irresponsible." Granted, that was like a few years back, but that didn't help Jeremy feel any, you know. And, no, that's and no. he has since apologized, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and so I, I think that at least, at least the Truvada whore thing, you know, there's a hashtag like it's sort of a thing, and I I think it's kind of cool that people are like not letting other sluts shame them for their sexual practices, or you know, Truvada is a responsible way to have sex. It doesn't cover everything, but if we're talking HIV specifically, which we can't always do, and I recognize that. But the Truvada horror allows someone to say, yeah, you know, I am taking PrEP. I'm making sure that I don't contract HIV um, as much as I can. And so what? So I'm here with Grant Roth, HIV prevention specialist at Mount Sinai Institute for Advanced Medicine. And Grant, you take uh, Pure for Men, don't you, on a regular basis? Yeah, on a regular basis. What do you think about it? Because I love it. I really like it. I, um, yeah, it's easy to take and it works. Exactly. I mean, at the core, we all know what it does. Yeah. It's, it's psyllium husk, chia seed, and flax seed. Mm-hmm. So it's simply fiber that is good for anybody. Um, but for us that often want to be prepared, stay ready, mm-hmm. and be ready for that potential bottoming experience, mm-hmm. don't you find it helpful? Very helpful. And it's you know, as long as you drink enough water, it's you don't feel uncomfortable. It's just part of your daily regimen. That's what my friend said too, because um, it's a pill form that you take daily. And so my friend was warning me like, you know, it's going to expand like fiber would and you, for we all need to drink more water for so many reasons. Um, This is a good reason. But this is going to just help facilitate that through a lot more. And, and I love that you take it regularly and that you're a big fan, right? Yeah. A huge fan. Yeah. So go to pure men.com and right now you can use a special code tags 20 that's t-a-g-s 20 and get 20 percent off on all orders i'm gonna use it how do you feel about um say when you go on the apps mm-hmm. and those that are strictly 
um, only bareback, um, you know, and, you know, don't want to hear from anybody that is wants to use a condom. I mean, how do you personally feel about those those types of you know blanket statement type things? I mean, obviously we have a choice, so we don't have to do anything we don't want to do. Just be right. careful that you're not condom shaming shaming well, people yeah, in the same sense that you may slut shame somebody. Yeah, like you know, I mean, you're saying these people. Yeah, it kind of right? works in the reverse way. You know, yeah. as yeah, someone right. might shame someone for being on prep, someone else who. Uh, someone else might be shamed for using condoms. Yeah, do you think that's a thing? And people will be shamed oh, for not using condoms. I feel like I've experienced that, and I'm just curious to know, do you think that that's a thing like, I do think it's a on thing. that end, too? Yeah, uh, there are respectful ways to say, I don't use condoms, and there are disrespectful ways to say, I don't use condoms, or that I don't want to use a condom. And I think it's all in how you say it. Right. Um, I think that, you know just because someone's sexual practices differ from your own doesn't mean you have to be rude about it. Well, and I guess in some ways I can answer my own question. When you do see some of those that say bareback only Mm -hmm. on the, on an app that you're on, you're, you know where they stand ahead of time. So if you're fine with that, great. If you're not, why on earth would you then go that route? I've been in, you know, 90% of the time when I've been with somebody in the, even in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. And I said, can we grow? And I can tell we're getting closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, do you mind? Can I grab a condom? Can, do you mind if we have, I, we use a condom? And 90% of the time they're like, yeah, no problem. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. they go. For, so that's been my experience, which is positive, but yeah. Why would you then go down that route? Yeah. And I mean, from a public health perspective, I hope that the people who aren't using condoms are at least on prep or undetectable and getting tested for SCIs regularly. Maybe, Every like more frequently than every three months or something like mm. that. And should we trust people when they say they're on prep that they're taking no. it regularly? I mean, no. I know that's a rhetorical I, question, never, but like no, never. you know, but but I, I know that it's this like probably come in your mouth, you know, like <laughs> you know, it's the same, it's the same thing. Yeah, but that like, one you can still like, you know, pull <laughs> away or yeah, last can, minute yeah, time. You can try to dodge it. But you can you know, take a. You can be surprised too, but um, but no, it's it's the same type of thing. It's like, oh no, I won't come in your mouth, but. And, oh yeah, I'm on prep, so so we don't need to use a condom. And it's also like, like I, you know, I could I could say, oh, I'm on prep. I'm also taking prep like every third day and not taking it correctly, but I'm still technically taking right. it. Right. So well, that's the same thing if somebody says they're negative. You know, okay, yeah, you're negative, but we're going to use a condom because that's what I want. Right. You like know? at what point are you just is particularly just, no, one night stands? Don't believe and... anybody. Don't believe anybody. So, believe in what you want. Right. And protect yourself, period. As you right. mentioned earlier, you are responsible for your own health. Yes. And so, you know, no matter how gorgeous he is, no matter how big his dick is, whatever it is that you're, that, that's making you attracted to him, you know, if, you, if you're a barebacker and that's what you're doing, then, you know, that's what you're doing. If you're, if you're, you, you're being safe and you want to use condoms, then that's what you do, regardless of what they tell you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, moving on to another topic that's come up recently with mm-hmm. Craigslist, where mm-hmm. the personal section Craigslist has um, gotten rid of Rest because the they're allowing states and victims to fight online sex trafficking, which was which Congress um, recently just passed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all you know, one might argue: Do people still use Craigslist anymore? I mean, it seems like such a yesteryear. For me personally, like I can remember when we didn't have 
um, even Manhunt, and that right. was one of the ways that you would find, you know. Yeah. Um, but it has, in recent years, you know, been useful for people that are on the DL. Mm-hmm. Trans people have found it useful. Um, I mean, what do you think of this whole thing? Is it limiting our rights you, um, from both of you, do you think? Or, I mean, obviously we don't want to ignore human trafficking because that's right. a real issue too. No, yeah. I mean, you don't want to ignore human trafficking, but there's, I mean, there's other things in there. There's, I mean, you could take it as far as the First Amendment, freedom of the press, you know, that you can print what you want, although this is an ad, which is, I don't know where that really falls in that, but... Um, but I mean, I, there's, there, I know there's been a lot but of I guess issues. for the promotion of, right. you know, lascivious things, and I would say that. For right, but then again, too, you know, if they, they're going to happen. Right. You know, they're going to be out there. So if you've got Craigslist and you know where it is, you can at least keep an eye on it and see what's going on. Whereas if you block it there, it's going to go somewhere else and you're not going to find it. You know, right. It right. was almost like when Rent Boy, yeah, um, and that yeah. went away for a different reason because I think of that went away for a different reason. money laundering, yeah. I believe. And I don't, I know there's another side to that story, but yeah. Rentman certainly picked up the baton, and Rentman is thriving for the same thing that right. Rent right. Boy did. And I mean, I know with you know the Craigslist personals as well as Grinder Scruff, etc. They say you know no solicitations allowed, so on and so forth. Now, there are those like symbols and codes that sure. people know what they mean right. when you are on the the, the apps. And For the escorting yes. and so forth. And I guess my big worry is pushing legal sex work underground. I think... When well, we all know it's going to happen. Well, we know it's happening and, you know, sex workers don't have all the, like, too, too many rights to begin with. Right. Um, and I, th- it, it can place people in very compromising mm-hmm. situations to, you know, con- continue with it not being legal or... Finding you know, unsafer means. Means of going about it. Right. And, and it goes back to what we were saying before, pushing people back into that closet once exactly. again. and Pushing it underground again. If we really wanted to have an open dialogue, we would realize that sex work, prostitution has been around. The for oldest an, profession. Yeah. And it's not to say that all those personals, you know, people were meeting people for other right. ways as well. Yeah. Um, however, that was one of... The One ways many, that, yeah, yeah and right. it it doesn't deal with the larger issue at hand. I mean, I guess in this issue, they feel like because of the law, they're putting a stop to human trafficking, which is a totally different issue, yeah. and no one wants that. And it does exist, believe it or not, in the states, mm-hmm. yes, much more than we would think. I mean, there's a lot of documentaries that talk about that, but it doesn't deal with the larger issue of like people are going to look for sex, people are going to look for sex in a prostitution manner and it's an age old, you know, thing that's gone on for years. And when are we going to start to have that larger conversation that it's, you know, I don't know. Right. And, and I think that just even in terms of connecting with other people, it's kind of, you know, sad to see Craigslist go or the personal section, not because it's Craigslist specifically, but it's, you know, kind of makes me think, okay, well, what's next? Well, some and people have said exactly, that what's next? can, you know, w- might it show up on, you know, Grinder and all those where those, you know, businesses are going to start to say, oh, 
you know, we, we have to shut down as well or. Right. And I, I think, and this is something that's kind of going back to the media studies major from college in me, but the internet since it's been around, it's been a fantastic space for queer people to meet other people like themselves, True. especially, you know, True. in Bumblefuck, Indiana, yep. you know, you, you feel like, you're an outcast, but you can go online and find people just like you, whether it be, you know, the AOL chat rooms or it be grinder with the person 15 miles away. Right. Right. It it still, I think helps with this sense of community and sense of normalcy that I think, you know, if we take down Craigslist personals and whatever else is next, will we lose that the digital space for people to meet? Because sometimes people can't always be, for whatever the reason might be, open and out on like Facebook or like right. a Facebook group or live in like a bubble, like you said, Carpenter yeah. earlier, like in New York City. I yeah, mean, right. we don't all live in New York City or other metropolitan areas, right? Yeah. So, so it's you know there are a lot of different things to think about when thinking about taking away the Craigslist personals and what whatever else is next um, because it's important in some regards it's kind of important absolutely um, absolutely like, plus it'll be sad to see the misconnections go those are really fun to read yeah <laughs> <laughs> or the DL ads yes. or the yeah I always yeah. wish someone's gonna post a misconnection about me it's yet to happen I know I'll I know post something I, about you I didn't oh, even know thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to go to another source then <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll just oh. put it on Facebook. Great. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> and before you leave, one last topic. Um, we've talked about it on the show. There, um, in this Me Too mo- mm-hmm. movement that's been going on, there's a, um, a porn actor star, Topher DiMaggio. We've talked about him on the show. He's with Andrew Christian, um, the underwear line. He was used as their model several times. He's been accused by uh, two or three different men that accused him of uh, raping him, Mm -hmm. whether they were, you know, passed out on a bed and all of a sudden they found him inside of them or he physically forced them into a sexual act against their willing, you know, Mm -hmm. nature. Um, And Andrew Christian then took him down from their thing. Well, recently it's resurfaced again, and they said until further investigation, much like, you know, uh, the Kevin Spacey, what's the show on House of Cards? House of Cards, Cards, where they stopped production and got rid of him. So, in some sense, that was great. Now it's resurfaced because Andrew Christian produced a web series, and they did this, as you know, many productions, you know, a year and a half ago, which this Topher starred in. I haven't heard about this. And they're they're about to release it and showing him in their ads. And some are saying, well, I thought you said until further investigation, why then? And Andrew Christian's response is, because they haven't come out saying, you know, we've, the investigation has concluded and we've determined da-da-da-da-da. They've said, we filmed this way back when and before we knew this. But, don't you think, I mean, my viewpoint is like, reshoot the scenes. I mean, it like stand by like yeah. a house of cards right. and well, don't muddle it up. Well, I, I remember when the... He probably doesn't want to have to split out the money for that. because but it's, you, you know, can't you re- have it both ways, I no, feel. Exactly. Well, I remember when the Kevin Spacey thing came out, I, I would see the ads all over for Jon Stewart's Night of, what a, Night of Stars, something like that. Right. And so the advertisement was Jon Stewart's face with all these like gold colored star balloons 
balloons behind him and like just com- he was completely entrenched in them and each balloon had someone's a different celebrity's name on it one of them being Kevin Spacey mm. and for you know those ads were up before the allegations against Kevin Spacey right. came out mm-hmm. now once the allegations came out and keep in mind these were on like billboards they, they weren't just like the cute little it was a massive like they marketing just, they weren't just the subway ads they yeah it was like, like a huge everywhere marketing campaign um so you know the first day or so after the allegations came out you know someone would like cross out kevin spacey's name on the poster but then within literally a few days to a week new posters were up you know you, and i'm sure they cut it i didn't watch it but i'm sure they cut him out of the out of the um the campaign yeah Yeah. or out of the show completely okay right i don't know i didn't see it so i could be wrong but at least it was such a quick turnaround with the posters and granted i'm i don't know if andrew christian has the same sort of money i don't think so vanity fair did the same thing too when they came out with their hollywood issue Mm um gosh what's his name the actor that he does all that um the actor does, that Franco, does James that. Franco. Okay. Oh, James Franco. Right. Yeah, the one that I forgot about. The James, gay one. James Franco, who had some <laughs> has had some allegations against right. him. Yeah. Um, they he posed for that, mm-hmm. you know, and then again allegations, and they photoshopped him out of it. Um, he also then. Um, on his own free will, didn't show up for, I remember, I remember and I think he was that. nominated yeah. for an Academy Award. Or didn't, something like that. Yeah, and so right. he pulled himself out, but they, Vanity Fair... the Golden Globes. Okay, but, yeah, and they yeah. Photoshop, Vanity Fair photoshopped him. So you, you know... I, 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 so I think, you know, we always want to believe the person... Um, where it happened to them. You know what I mean? Right. Saying, oh, that probably didn't happen to you or, you know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Like, that's not helping anyone. That's the wrong thing to do. You want to believe them. And, you know, even if a full investigation isn't complete or hasn't been conducted or whatever it may be, you know, at a point you're putting someone's, you know, livelihood or, Mm -hmm. you know, comfort over money. Mm Mm-hmm. Or reshooting something, right? But I just think you should be consistent. Yes. So yes. if you're going to do make a big statement about how we've pulled him from the site, this and that, and yeah, it sucks that you. I don't think you can because then you're you're muddling, you know. And maybe isn't there a way? Maybe you can incorporate it into the show with some new scenes of you know what I mean. There might well, be a it, different. It, yeah, that, I mean, it it depends on what was shot and how it was shot and. Well, you know, does it matter? Because he's in the show. And well, yeah, but I mean, if he's like the lead character, then they would have to redo the, pretty much the whole thing, which, yes, they should do yeah, or would, not release it. Yeah, it would be worth it you know, not to show it to or make, to redo to it. Stay on, to on stay on message. To stay on message, exactly. Right, like it's, it sucks that you might be wasting all this money, but money the larger nothing compared to someone's comfort and someone's livelihood. And I think that's super important to consider. Right, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, we will see how it plays out. Um, how would you like people to follow you, Grant? Or can we follow you? Yes, you can follow <laughs> me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at g.roth. And then on Twitter as your dad's side piece. You are dad's side piece. Okay. You cannot just say that without <laughs> explaining where that came from. It literally came from nowhere. I was just bored one day and decided <laughs> to make that. I could have come up with a name for you. (laughs) I bet you could. (laughs) 
<laughs> I bet you're good. Um, well, Grant, Rob, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, this has been not only informative, but entertaining as well. And I hope you come back. Thank you for having me. I'll definitely be back. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Cool. Great. Great. Don't forget, you can go to tagspodcast.com. That's T-A-G-S podcast.com, where you can subscribe to us to get all your updates. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Talk About Gay Sex. See you next time.